It's been a long time, and... We don't care. We're not talking about how long it's been. No, that's not... Oh, I had a joke, and I've lost the joke. Oh, darn. I don't even... I was going to do... I don't know. See, I don't even know... Are you familiar with uh, the Aaliyah song? I don't remember what the name of the song is, but... It, Timbaland opens the song with, It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was going to do something like that. But then I realized, I'm pretty sure that like a thousand podcasts who have gone on uh, <laughs> have made this exact same joke. And so I'm just going to not make the joke, but leave all of this in because it's funnier that way. Absolutely. It's all like right. cold open or whatever. I mean, we only do cold opens. Uh, I ditched having to figure out uh, licensing agreements on uh, really old video game music. Ah, uh, alas. Um, even though it was never actually an issue because I was really good at how to choose those songs. Without, mm. like, I chose the ones that didn't have to worry about copyright infringement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but even still. Uh, Perhaps one day I will write a song. I mean, one day I will. When you bully, you. bully me into it. Um, yeah, that's basically. <laughs> All right, well. Bully well, you into a logo and into the music. Let me graduate and then I will worry about artistic endeavors. Wow, sounds beautiful to me. All right, so welcome to Spoiler Party. I'm Claire. I'm Micah. And today we are going to talk about Savvy Sheldon Feels Good as Hell. Okay, quick question. By Taj McCoy. Right, correct. By Taj McCoy. So, quick question. Yes. Uh, new format, same format as normal, new format, because I don't have any fun facts. Do we have a format? I do have a fun fact, though. All right, hit me. It is 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 32 degrees Celsius here. Correct. In Colorado... It is snowing. That's not a fun fact. It's a fun fact. It's awful. It's terrible. It's terrible in both places. No, my real fun fact is an oldie but a goodie, mm. um, which is mudskippers. Oh, what about the mudskippers? Mudskippers are an amphibious fish that's been up to three quarters of their life on land. And they have these weird little flippers that they can kind of move around with and they can even kind of jump with them. They're like, if seals were smaller and much uglier. So they're kind of cool, but also really gross looking. So I think over time, I have, due to our fascination with the Mudskipper. Yes, this is a long-held fascination. Less ugly. Oh, they're still extremely ugly, but they've become like charmingly ugly. Mascot sort of ugly. Fascinatingly ugly. Like... I still find the way they move very strange and unsettling. I would want a gif of a mudskipper, but like an adorable cartoon version of mudskipper. You know. Get behind that. Doable, right? Spoiler Party's official mascot. Terrifying mudskipper. (laughs) Sucking up air and spitting it down into its nesting hole. Yeah. Yeah, they build like a little like underground nest thing for their eggs and then they gulp up air and bring it down for Mm -hmm. the... For the babies. Babbins's. A these whole... are, but these are fish. They're not not fish. They're not not they're fish. They're definitely fish. They're absolutely fish. Well, you know, there is no such thing as a fish. As oh, Lord. <laughs> they are in the category of fish because fuck that noise. Now you're infringing on other podcasts. Oh, and I, I guess, no, that's just a fact. That's just a fact. I know, I know. Just because someone in the podcast after a fish doesn't mean after a, after a fish. Jesus Christ. After a fact. The lack of fish. Correct. Doesn't mean that I can't just say that there's a fact. Also, our podcast is better. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move on to the book. Um, I couldn't really come up with a new fun fact on short notice when I realized that I wanted to have one. So I just I just went back on one that I uh, 
It's reliable, but I'm you know, pretty our sure. Our brains are full of fun facts that never can come out when it's time to podcast. Oh, absolutely. I was pretty sure we hadn't used that one on the podcast before, though. So I figured I'd, I'd throw it out there for anyone who listens so mm. I could enjoy Medskippers as well. Look it up. It's good fun. They're a great, they're a great time. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to talk about Savvy Sheldon Feels Good as Hell. So it's a great title. It's a very good title. It's an incredibly good book cover. It's a very good book cover. I've been holding off talking to you about this book because I wanted you to make it through it um, without any sort of, like, influence for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but now I feel like you're very trepidatious because you can tell that I have, like, thoughts, but you're not yet 100% sure what they are. Right. So do you want me to, so you want me to talk first? Kind of do. I kind of right. do, but I didn't want to put that pressure on you. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. So just a brief doing what we do thingy. So, uh, this is a romance novel. Yep. Uh, well, nominally. It is in the genre of romance novel. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the cover because it is a matte, uh, solid color background <laughs> with uh, bold white lettering and a, a cartoon, uh, cartoon version. version of your main character on the front of it. That's how you know that you are dealing with I a like, romance novel. I like the current trend in romance covers, but they oh, are kind of samey, samey. <laughs> Look, it lets you know what you're getting into. So, yeah. romance novel about a fat black woman mm-hmm. who uh, just gets broken up with in a really rude way and then uh, goes about doing things in her life. Uh, that's kind of the plot. Um, yeah, and I say, I say nominally because, like, I do think that this book was marketed incorrectly. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that it is a romance book. I think it is. It is not a. It is. In yeah. The, in the ways in which we generally enjoy it. I mean, me, I guess, again, me specifically, the way I generally enjoy a romance novel, there's basically none of it yeah. in this book. Like, yeah. there's no real getting to know you in that sort of romantic way. There's Mm-mm. no. I mean, there's flirting, but there's. It's like. No, it's very much like a. I don't know. I hate that this. Like genre title or whatever and genres are stupid anyway but like it's like a women's fiction book with a romance subplot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's much more about like her journey and There's her relationship with her friends and like her relationship with her family and her friends and journey of self-discovery yeah yeah it's an adult coming to age story is what it yeah. is essentially like there's a lot of yeah. these things a lot of books are adult coming of age stories um this one is an adult coming of age story mm-hmm. it just so happens that in it she found somebody to fuck, and that was absolutely in a romance category. And I'm not mad about that. Like I've even like I've had this happen to me a time or two before, where I read what was supposedly a romance book, and it was romance subplot at best, and right. I still ended up enjoying it. And this is what happens: genres are hard, and you just kind of stick it somewhere. Truth, truth. But um, you should continue with what you, what you were feeling. Okay, so we're just gonna dive in. We're gonna go absolutely all the way in into the deep end of the pool. I still don't love Balls Deep. It's like a whatever. I think that's fair. It's evocative, but I wish there was something else. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're going Balls Deep. <laughs> so um, so this book is a difficult one in terms of rating and talking about it uh, for me. 100%. Um, and it's also, well, so caveats out of the way. I'm not fat. Um, and I'm not a woman <laughs> and or and anyway all this stuff uh, and so um, like the things the character says and doesn't goes through are um, 
very, uh, from the outside, accurate to the lives of a fat black woman uh, in many regards. The issue for me is that uh, the book feels like it's couched in a lot of half steps. <laughs> it's so into the idea of the mainstream. Okay, I'll tell you, here's the part that really, that really uh, fucked me up. Okay, so. Okay, I have two parts that are my, like, moments, so I'm, I'm interested to see if, if, it, if yours is either one of my, okay, my two, like. so. Uh, what this book does well is it surrounds her with friends. Mm-hmm. Love friends. Big fan of friends. Uh, they're good to have around. Um, and so I like that she has them. And then it gives her a new friend that she meets in the course of the story. I like that too. And there's no... Two new friends. Oh, correct. Maybe more, depending on how you're counting. Uh, that's true, true, true. Uh, I wasn't counting the dog, but I guess the dog counts as a new friend as well. Um, <laughs> no, I was being silly. No. Um, but like, uh, she takes a cooking class, meets a cooking friend, mm-hmm. um... They hit it off as pals. I guess Beth. I guess Beth, the personal trainer. Yeah, I was gonna say man. Beth. I was not uh, sure which one you're talking giving, about. I'm giving her money. It's. It, I mean, I give it, she's giving both of them money, so the whole thing gets weird. Anyway, friendships are weird. Yeah, uh, but they also like pretty quickly move into a friendship that also oh, is outside yeah, of their. Exactly. It, it works out. We live in a capitalistic society. If you if you take out all of the friendships that involve money in one way or another, then like, what are you left Wait, with? What, really? What are you left with? Exactly. Exactly. So the deal is um, that. Um, she has this cooking class. She meets this lady. They're having a good time. They hit it off. She's also fat. They have these things in common. Uh, they decide they want to make a cookbook. Mm. Cookbook, bang an idea, and then they're like, "We should include our personal experiences in this." And I'm like, "Like, uh, I'm like, insert your favorite meme of progression, where it starts out as one thing and it continues to get more excited as they talk about it, but instead of the last image being one of either." Vince McMahon super saiyaning or the galaxy brain exploding or whatever it just goes back into like a turnip or whatever um because yeah they're talking about this and like we should add our personal experiences you know because except how turnips treat us turnips, turnips are, are good. good okay uh a rotten one that you put up, up on the windowsill for Halloween here in <laughs> Ireland or whatever um but like those are turnips right yeah those are turnips yeah jacko turnips turnip lanterns turnip lanterns anyway absolutely um you uh, we get to this part where like we're gonna include our like bits of ourselves because because uh, the thing is they're talking about how fucked up society is for someone being fat and the way people police you and talk about you and treat you badly and all this kind of stuff right all this stuff and I'm like all right cool we're gonna get it in this and do I blame maintenance phase possibly partially for this but like <laughs> this is what in my head I'm like all right fuck the system let's go. And then they're like, yeah, we'll include low-fat versions and lower-calorie versions of the things. We'll only show pictures of the full-fat versions because we know that's the good stuff, but we're going to make sure we include a way for the people to, like, have less calories and less fat in their, in their recipes if they want to do that. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not it at all. So, fun story. Mm-hmm. This is the part where I started crying. Oh, no. Not a lot, just a little bit. Um, so, I am fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am non-binary, but generally perceived by most of society to be a woman. Uh, I'm not black, though. Uh, and I spent 284 pages of this book, because that is what page that scene appears on, mm. uh, holding out hope that it was going to get better. Right. That this there was going to be a like coming to Jesus moment about 
like her internalized fat phobia. Mm-hmm. There was gonna be that it was gonna be just like a scooch more like radical, just a scooch more like thoughtful. Right. And that was the point where I just knew it wasn't going to be. Right. And I just I just felt so fucking sad. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that was that was really late in the book, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see because like. So the deal is, so here's the real plot. So I, what I gave earlier was like a very brief uh, rundown. What, so here's how the book opens. The book opens with her and her, at the time, long-term boyfriend, Jason. Six who, years. Six years boyfriend, Jason, who apparently they never fucking talk to each other, um, which I guess is a thing people do. Uh, so for six years, the they have a relationship man. where they never fucking speak. And uh, all of a sudden, he's like, yo, have you noticed that you're fat? And then it's like, I need to upgrade. Like, and I guess sayings upgrade you and bounces out the door. Like, legitimately, that's the breakup. Like, I'm only shortening it by, like, a sentence. Like, it is an extremely abrupt, out-of-nowhere deal. Yep. She's, like, making this motherfucker breakfast in bed. She's doing all this shit. And he's just like, yeah, uh, you're fat now and you work too much. And look, here's what really annoyed me. What annoys me is she fucking works too much, right? Um, And so, like, I thought... For a brief second at the very beginning of this book before whatever quickly i mean he's so bad that it's very like you don't get this impression for very long but i thought maybe i mean i didn't really think this but i had a kind of hope in the back of my heart that we were going to get a book where the issue was that uh she has this boyfriend and he's not great whatever but like uh maybe he can work on some stuff or what have you but the issue was going to be that she's a workaholic mm-hmm. and this is bad and um she was going to work on a work-life balance situation mm-hmm. and that was going to be like the kind of core crux like because like in these romance novels people have like an internal flaw typically speaking that they have to like get over by the end of the book to make sure they can find love it's ridiculous but like it's the thing or whatever right but like and so hers was like clearly she's a workaholic right um and i was hoping that like what's going to happen is he's going to be like yo you work too much you told me you were going to go shopping for new clothes and you went working yeah uh, you went yeah. to work and Every time I try to do something, you're always working. You're taking phone calls from work. You're on your laptop at home with me at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a problem and it should be talking. And yeah. immediately, immediately he goes, and you're fat. Like, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no sort of, like, whatever. There's no situ. There's no ability. So these things are... And it'd be one thing if, like, the book is going to be about how, like, she does have this actual flaw. And then there's this other thing that he uses as a weapon against her um, in this scenario... Uh, which was the his actual his fat phobia was a problem all along and not her workaholic nature with him as a person instead but that's not actually addressed he's just gone out because the whole time every time he sees her out in public it's just a weird thing because we meet him like 47 times yeah so yeah. it's on like a nitpickier less of like a you know super overwhelming sadness whatever but just like a like that was way overdone the fact that he just kept showing up like I get that they had been together for six years and she had sold him all of her favorite restaurants or whatever but like why did he keep going to the same place as her at the same time as her yes. every freaking time? It got creepy. It's, it's, I'm well, like, I'm like, yo, is, is like, does he have check my iPhone on? And the thing is, it's never even remotely implied that he's stalking her. Right. That's not no, the vibe never at all. He that. seems surprised, like whatever. Yeah, he's surprised every time she's there, but they're in the same place at the same time in like a lot of different places. Not, yeah. just, it's not just like they're at the waterfront. And so it's like if so, for instance, we live in Charlotte, uh, doxing ourselves, um, <laughs> and it'd be one thing if like uh, we ran into people at Concord Mills periodically. It's a big mall. There's nowhere to go if you went shopping, or whatever, right? 
that's like a thing that happens sometimes. You see people that you know at a spot that has a, a lot of places in it. Yeah. And you go on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, you know lots of people are going there on a Sunday morning. Similar or habits whatever. or whatever. Exactly, right? But if I went to Los Arcos and then I went to China Palace and then I went to Show Mars, this show, the one up here, not the one down here, not the one on Freedom, fuck that. And then uh, I went hiking at the Greenway. And then and we went hiking then... at the Greenway. We went to, we went to Crowder's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went to Ikea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we go to this particular Goodwill over there. We go to the movie theater off Sardis. We do all, and, and you're there at the same time. Every time? Yo, man, that's, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know anybody that long that where we like even when we have the same haunts that like yeah. we're hitting the same spots like that. You know, no. like that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that was just more of just like a okay. You push this like a little bit of coincidence. It's a book, right? You're writing a you're was, writing a narrative. The first time I'm like, I get it. Absolutely, this is a good scene to have in here. Absolutely, to, like show where she is in her like emotional development after the breakup. Yeah, Fine. even the second time, sure, correct. But like the fifth, time. it's like a good like five or six it's, times. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. It's it happens the first time, mm-hmm. the second time. It happens when the first time she goes out with that dude. There's like it two happens. restaurants, there's, there's a hike, two, hiking place, a hiking, or is it yep. the boba shop? It's the hiking place and the boba shop. Both yes. of them? Yes. And then it's also the... Um, the thing at the very end. The, the, John the concert, concert. The John, John Legend, Legend concert. The surprise John Legend concert. Yeah. The John Legend is doing a small venue cause give it, to get in touch with the people concert. Yeah, yeah. So... Maybe that's the thing that really happened. I really don't know. Maybe at Honey Pig. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, there's also a honey pig in Atlanta, and Mike, Micah was like, is this in Atlanta? Even though literally a paragraph before they mentioned honey pig, they said they're in California, so like... Whoops. Shows you, this is how good a reader I am sometimes. Apparently, it's just a thing to call Korean barbecue restaurants honey pig. I mean... Who knew? Who knew? Someone probably. Very evocative. Anyway. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, so... I don't know, should I talk about more of my nitpicky stuff first, or more of my like... Okay, no, big let's, overarching sadness. Let's go big overarching sadness. Okay. And then save the nitpicking fun for the end, I okay. think. Um, okay. Second big overarching, like, sadness moment. Um, this didn't make me cry because I was done by this point. Right. Because um, this was page 292. Mm. So that was eight pages later. In the paperback version from your local library. Paperback, uh, trade paperback, yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> um,. Is where she goes back to work after having done like a administrative leave slash vacation because. So I had feelings about this part, but you go not this part yeah. the earlier. Okay, part, but you go. Okay, so first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. So first of all, when her boss sends her on this administrative leave, fuck that. Mm. The, the whole thing is set up as like her boss is super great and supportive and stuff. He fucking yells at her and punches a desk. Yeah. That's completely unprofessional. It's, completely scary. Right. Completely. And it's just, it's just treated like it's nothing. It's abusive, it's abusive shit in the workplace that should not be tolerated on any level. And it was uncharacteristic for the person that they've been claiming he yeah. is. Yeah. And what we've seen uh, the whole time yeah. leading up to this. Yeah. It's just out of nowhere. And it's all because she's not performing like absurd quantities of work. It's the. The, all right, I'm going to get into this. All right, as we know, I fucking hate work culture. Uh, I hate this overworked bullshit. Uh, if you go on vacation, go the fuck on vacation. Don't work. Okay, similar to her eating and working out and internalized fat phobia, the whole workaholic thing is only, it's like very surface level addressed. It, it, it's, she, it's, buys, she buys all the way in. Uh, her friends buy all the way in. Her mother pushes this shit on her. I hate her mom. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> that's, and you were right. Never even touched. Told ya. Um, uh, 
when I mentioned this, I you was were right. much earlier in you the book. You were right, too, though, that they didn't have the one conversation yeah. where mom's like, all I wanted was for you to be happy. Yeah, I knew we were going to get the all I wanted is for you to be happy. And, and that was literally it. <laughs> That's it. That's the that only thing you got out of it. it. But, like, uh, your job doesn't love you. I mean, God, anyone listening to this, preaching to the choir, but your job doesn't love you. <laughs> all right? So, this is <laughs> a known thing. Talking right? to our, like, five radical friends. <laughs> exactly. Right, your job doesn't love you. It uh, doesn't respect you. It doesn't want anything to do with you other than to, like, exert as much labor out of you as possible and sometimes it doesn't even want to exert labor out of you it just wants a human body in your position that you're in right like Mm. sometimes legitimately they just want flesh in the building so um she's there and the whole thing is about how how much she works right and then the boss talks about when she gets her promotion about how we need to take things off her plate so that she can do this job into most efficient way possible right like that's part of the deal of the promotion that she get she's going to get an assistant she gets to steal the nice assistant lady, Lena, Lima, whatever. Um, steal nice assistant lady, uh, staff up in order to be able to do these things. By the way, she works as an insurance at an insurance company, and this is this is whatever. I don't care normally. I mean, I'd, I would. I'd hate insurance, but like I wouldn't care normally. But uh, the reason is fucked up that she works at an insurance because she talked about at first being in was it public health that she yeah. said she was. She said she was in public health. No, she's in insurance. Fuck that shit. That's not public health at all. Yeah, it and help like anybody at all. Uh, it's like it's not even like this is some like passion project. She just kind of fell into doing this. Correct. Like, don't get me wrong. The whole workaholic culture in like you know passionate doing good like you know if you, nonprofits if you love it, if you love or whatever. You, do, you never work at like that's life, that's its own it, bag of bullshit. But um, jacking off motion. You guys can't see. You can't see that. that. But uh, but like, man, this isn't even like fulfilling work. No, it's and it's it is shown to be the most pencil pushing. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's just it a literal, grind. Literal file, like literally picking up files and reading through them and marking things out and putting them in another in another box. Open yeah. the file, look through it, assess it, put it in a box, do it the next thing. Right. It is she's not literally just being up files that are like describing a person and being like, mm-hmm. does this person deserve life insurance? Correct. That's literally her job. Is determining risk value on human beings. All right, so anyway, but she does all this work. She has the situation. Um, and then, so she gets broken up with, and she does this whole revenge body thing that I know Claire's going to get into later, but like, <laughs> annoyed that shit. Now she starts to, like, so this is where things get hard to talk about because, like, now she starts taking care of herself, but it's like that taking care of herself is fine. It's not that that wasn't the issue, but the issue is that, like, the issue isn't that she's going hiking now. This shit's like, complicated. Right. And this is why this podcast is going to be longer than five minutes. But, um, uh, but like, so <laughs> I did warn you. I know. But she's out here doing, living her life, doing her own thing, which is well and good. Which means, because, like, she was working, she was working easily. Like, it doesn't say this, but, like, I know how these things work. She's putting 90, 95-hour weeks in. Like, yeah. Like, clearly. Like, this is, like, not an over-exaggeration. Like, I know how these work weeks go. She's definitely doing that much, right? Because she's on the call all the time. She's doing extra work. She's working on week. She's working, like, full days on weekends. Yeah. Which is part of the problem that people have with her. Uh, uh, this is, if Jason wasn't, like, a cartoon supervillain. Right. This would have been a legitimate gripe for him to have. Yeah. Um, and that she's always working. Which is, like one of the things that this book like inherently sets up Ugh. yeah it's okay and we never adjust it but anyway so it is noticed before that she is starting to heaviest scare quote slack at work right <laughs> this is a thing that is noted now she's only doing the work of three people not four people or whatever the nonsense is right if this is such a crucial situation as a boss, it is imperative to you that you 
talk to your employee and you let them know what is expected of them. Yep. So before we get to this large presentation, which by the way, he should be going over with her before we get to this moment. Right. She's right, just bra- to check in on her. This she's, is her first time doing this. Yeah. She's brand newly promoted, has had right. a ton of stuff on her plate. And this is supposedly an important presentation with an important client. And like, you just kind of throw her in there? Nah. Right. He just drops her in on this thing. And he's done, so he's done no checking up, none of this. And then she flops it, which it happens. Also, like, how is it that nobody else was there to like have her back, check up on her when this right. is happening, like when things are going bad? No one like, like jumps call, in with call some, a timeout, like, do whatever to like, oh my goodness, wait a second, I think we we're missing some crucial information. Let me go work over this. And I apologize for the delay. Let's get this, whatever, right? Like, anything, anything. I've seen this happen in real life. Like there are things you can do when some when you're in a meeting and something is like not going right. Mm-hmm. There are ways to get out of this. Like it's mm-hmm. not hard. Like it's not that hard to let them let someone stand up there like a limp fish and die. Right. right. Like and then there are times where someone fucks up and they know they have fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it is your job when you are the person in charge to or not even the person in charge. If you're a friend, if you're family or whatever. If you're a person on the fucking street, whatever, right? When you can recognize that someone knows that they fucked up, this is not the time to then punch a desk and scream at them. Yeah. They know they fucked up. She One could knows argue she fucked up. It is never the time well, to punch a desk oh, yes. and scream <laughs> okay. right. at your subordinate. Well, yes. I'm just saying that, like, um, there are times... When you need to lay the hammer down on somebody no, yeah, I get for, this. for a poor performance. When someone is clearly distraught at how bad they have just done, now isn't the top it's not the time. Mm-hmm. And then to not give her a chance to ever get a word in and then just essentially lay her off for a month anyway, whatever, right? Give her that extended leave of absence before whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um you couldn't whatever. And then then when she comes back yeah. to basically like give her like take like one only one thing off her plate and then miraculously i guess because she's lost weight now um uh she is better attuned to living everything there is to live in life and so she gets to have very a very similar job with only a only a slight pay decrease as opposed to getting all the back to her old job um and now she gets to do basically almost as much work as she was doing before but also run a fitness program at the office the yeah. fuck so yeah that was the thing that really just really got to me was the whole thing where she comes and she's like we have a bad work work culture at this company i'm like damn straight you do absolutely start a union <laughs> yeah right she's like we need to start running wellness workshops i'm like excuse me Mm-hmm. this is some corporate bullshit that usually corporate bullshitters come up with and she's gonna come here just as like a regular person just being like "Ooh, we should start wellness workshops like, what a betrayal. What bullshit. And, like, then she follow-ups with, like, oh, and of course we need to hire more people and lower the workload. But, like, no, you led with the wellness workshops. You said we need to teach people work-life balance. How do you learn work-life balance when you're working for a company that won't hire enough people to do the work and you're under threat of, like, firing and screaming and desk punching? Right. No, you can't learn work-life balance. And what, we're going to do work uh, lunchtime workshops? I'm not even getting paid. We're doing it on my, right. on my lunch break Correct. where I have to learn about fitness and how to eat healthy guess what i don't have time for fitness or to eat healthy because this job is taking all of my time fuck right the hell off yeah so i did not enjoy that portion of the book yeah me neither okay so all right that's it okay so and that that is our our bullshit excuse for her 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 dealing with her workaholic tendencies like that's it that's all we get she does that she, she 
literally takes on more work. The way mm-hmm. she deals with her workaholic nature is to do more work. Even Tiana learned not to do that. Yes. She even learned that digging a little deeper actually is not the right answer. She sang the song, and then they were like, no, no Tiana, that's no, the wrong lesson. That's the wrong lesson. That's not it. No. <laughs> And she's selling insurance. She's not even <laughs> making fucking um, gumbo. Pignettes and oh, gumbo. Yeah, I, uh, I can never say that word. It's Fuck fair. the French. It's French. Um, <laughs> I mean, mostly just their language. The people, I'm sure, are fine. <laughs> there are some cool French people out there. I'm sure there are. There's that one. Um, that one musician I like. Oh, <laughs> uh, Christine. Christine. Yes. Yeah. Good shit. Um, so, let's see. Something, okay, so. I feel like I've done all the talking in this episode. You've talked a fair amount. That's, that's, that's true. Um, I tend to, like, wilt away, though, so that's, like, some of it has been you just saving me when I flounder. Like you would do if you were failing at a presentation. <laughs> ah, bring that ah. shit around. Anyway. From, you know, two minutes ago. Anyway, um, so. callback. <laughs> What I want to talk a little bit about is just her. Okay, so the revenge body shit, right? Mm-hmm. And the general. Why does every fat girl have to go on a weight loss? Or not even like because they know that they're not supposed to say weight loss anymore. So it's but it's, if, but it's emphatically a weight loss. Yeah, journey. it's like why? But why does the fat girl always have to go on a fitness journey? Or wellness journey because I've read a couple of other like fat girl romance novels and they have this this bullshit in them and I'm just so tired of it I'm so tired of it and like there's like the couching of like oh well I'm saying revenge body but what I really mean is I just want to feel good and maybe I have let myself go because okay of- but how do, so what's so what's going to make you feel good That's the thing. So, like, I mean, I know you know this or whatever, but it's just, like, she and talks about wanting to feel good, but everything she says, there's never a situation where she's like, I just need to feel good. I'm going to, like, learn how to not be a workaholic, for instance. Right. And then, like, a couple of moments that are, like, good where she, like, you know, realizes how much she likes, you know, moving in certain ways again and how much she likes doing these activities with her friends and stuff. And that's great. Take it from us. Tennis is dope. Tennis is dope. This is a pro-tennis household. Absolutely. Except we're very much amateurs. Um, okay. Yeah, but this is a, a pro-amateur tennis house. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's even a scene at one point where she's like, oh, I'm glad I'm getting fitter, but, like, the pounds just aren't coming off. And, yeah. And then it's, like, it's kind of pushed back by another character who's, like... But then the other character isn't even, like... That's not the point exactly. The other character is, like, oh, well, it's because you're putting on muscle. And like whatever, and that's just, I just so she's like, oh, don't worry, you can see it. I can see that you're losing weight, or like I can see that you're getting smaller, but it's just not moving on the scale because, because you're getting muscle, and it's just it's depressing. It's really really depressing, and like I mean, she's pretty much a a textbook case of like someone on the road to like orthorexia, like she is over exercising and becoming obsessed with quote unquote clean eating. And the book also doesn't push back on clean eating at all. This book clearly buys 100% in on the idea of clean eating. And I hate the idea of clean eating because uh, what am I eating? Dirty food? Fuck you. Clean eating is a thing that doesn't actually exist. It's a fake notion 
spout it forth in order to sell you stuff or what have you. Like, it's yeah. not actually a thing you can do. It's another diet trend. It's a thing. To ma- it really come boils up with- down to eating less calories. It's what the whole, all these di- yeah. diets are less calories in because uh, starving yourself is the way to life. And, like, it's the idea of clean eating is there to shame fat people uh, and shame poor people because it's all the food that poor people can afford, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really frustrating. And it's especially frustrating to me currently right now as I go to the grocery store and eggs cost uh-huh. $200, $200, $200, yes, eggs cost $200. Actually. Um, but like, like the cheap eggs, not the like cage-free stuff, not the, yeah, not you the know. Ra- not the range-free, like special, uh, our yolks are beautifully orange eggs. Now I'm talking about like not Eggland's Best because those are taste gross, but like like regular, your Harris Teeter, your Walmart, your Aldi, your their grade A large egg, generic egg is like two sixty dollars a dozen right now and, and that's like, when you find the good deal right it's and more it's like so, three like, bucks and so like looking at that and then being like wait so i can't eat i can't eat that i can't eat anything that i actually afford i gotta go get like i gotta go to like a butcher in these times all the stuff she references eating she's like i'm gonna have a, like a poached pear and salmon salad i'm like you know what salmon costs i do because i almost bought some today because i was like you know what we gotta fire up the grill salmon on a grill mm, really absolutely. good and i looked at that number and was like Maybe next week. Yeah. Maybe next week. Yeah. Maybe I can go Sunday, like not too early in the morning when they put the little when they put the catch little the mark down and get the one that's like gonna go bad that soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but she apparently doesn't have to live that life. But she's super worried about getting promoted, even though she's apparently making plenty of money to live comfortably. She's making so much money that before she gets promoted, she puts into plan a personal trainer. Yep. And. Um, multiple like two to three sessions weekly in a um a yoga hot yoga hot class. Hot yoga class, a personal chef cooking course. She does that after she gets the promotion, but like she goes into a bunch of like cooking classes. Right. Although apparently she already did that periodically, went to cooking classes. And okay. Stuff. But like, and, into and the real killer is massive home renovations. Yeah. So. Yeah. In California. Yeah. So. Yeah. And not in Sacramento either. Like. It's, like, near L.A. or some shit. Yeah, something like that. Honestly, I don't really remember exactly where it is, but it's definitely in, like, some sort of... Somewhere not cheap. Yeah, some sort of, like... And this is not a guess. This is explicitly stated that it is not a cheap place to be, nor are these renovations cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, though she is getting the good dick discount. (laughs) Ha! You may have noticed that, though this is a romance novel, we have not brought up the romantic... The actual romantic (laughs) interest not one time... All right, keep going. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, the, what like else she's you crucially sad and cry about this book. Oh gosh, um, so super sad. Okay, so this goes along with that. When she gets sad about like all the work shit and stuff, she buys a jar of cookie butter and eats it because oh, she she's doing bad things because she's sad and you mm-hmm. now she's gonna be sad and fat. And mm-hmm. You can never like enjoy just enjoy something because you were just enjoying it. No. It's all letting yourself go nonsense. This is a side note. Totally unrelated. I mean, slightly related. I hate that, like, I like I can never indulge in the sadness because I am one of the three lactose intolerant people on Earth who actually, like, does their best to abstain from milk. And, uh, and you know, no, I mean, you, bought, you bought those. Yeah, but you ate one. Literally last night you ate a Klondike bar. I know, but I wasn't sad about it. But I'm saying is, like, <laughs> I never, like... I stopped, like, I love ice cream. I love a cone of ice cream more mm-hmm. than most things, but I just don't do it anymore. Just don't do it. Um, 
because it makes me shit instantly. So <laughs> it's it was a bad time uh, a long time ago. So I just stopped that shit, right? Uh, but like, and so the kind of like cold snacks that are like whatever, we're just now getting to the point where like oat milk uh, ice cream bars are a thing, even yeah. though they're like 99% sugar. And this is not like a sugar and like a sugar is bad for you sort of way, but like in a flavor sort of context, yeah. but it's just too goddamn sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, though I really appreciate it and I like them. Uh, and they're good. It was just this, like, we just need to experiment with our own. Is yeah. what we need to do. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all Blend up is. some fruit and some oat milk and see if we can get like a vaguely creamy right. fruit bar or something. Right. It's just that like for me, like a massive, like a great dessert is just cutting open a piece of watermelon and crunching that shit. But like no one ever sees that. That's, like, that doesn't get to be indulgent. Like no. You know how like, expensive watermelon is right now? It's extremely indulgent. It's like six. Bleeping dollars for the little baby one. I'm like, are we in Japan? What is up with these watermelon prices? <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Which is absurd because, like, this is how you know it's price gouging because, god damn it, uh, we have, there's no reason, the watermelons don't have to travel that far. No. The gas prices aren't, infect, aren't affecting the watermelons. They come from three blocks down the street. I was going to say, we've grown lots of watermelons around here. There's no reason for this nonsense. The watermelons are three, they're down the street. <sighs> I seep them. I seep the watermelons. Bastards. Anyway, deep breaths, deep breaths. (laughs) So what are we mad about this book or our gas prices or or, our food prices? I mean, this book and capitalism. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, capitalism really plays into a lot of the reasons why I hate this book, so that's fair. That's not true. I don't actually hate this book. That's what makes it so difficult. Um, And that's why... You like... Well, mm, I like um, Meg. I don't. You mean Meg? No, no. Which one is... Maggie. Yeah, she, no, okay, I don't like her. She's a competitive one. Yeah, Maggie is the super competitive one, and she's also the one who, when uh, Savvy says that she's going to take, like, a like a three-day weekend or a four-day weekend or something from work and just, like, just like be, and just, like... Well, she's the one who's, like... She's like, no, absolutely not. You're running away from your problems. What? <laughs> Excuse you? <laughs> that is not a friend. I don't care how supportive she is the rest of the book or whatever. No, absolutely not. That is wild that she did. Cal- she didn't like. She didn't be like, hold on. She was like, okay, talk me through this. Talk Let me see. Are you going to use this? Are you going to use this in a productive is way? Or is you just going to like gonna hole up there, in your house? Like, and then you're going to come back after that weekend, after the long weekend, and be in the same situation that you're in before you go mentally. Right. Is that was going to happen? Because right. if that's what's going to happen, then we need to really think about what you're trying to do here. But since right? she's just like, how dare you take any time off ever? It was what? weird. It was weird. What? Um, she couched it in like being concerned for her friend, but she was not concerned for her friend. It was weird. Some bull. Uh, so never mind. So scratch that. Not her. Joni. Joni. We like Cotter. Joni. Cotter. Cotter. That's what it was. Welcome it's back, Cotter. Very interesting because uh, at a couple of points in the book, uh, it is stated that she likes people to call her Cotter, mm-hmm. and yet people just keep not doing it. Like yes. her friends. Yes. It's kind of she fucked just up. Called Joni all the time. Yeah. And I. Don't know if this was intentional. I don't think it, it's just the writer just forgot that she did yeah. it earlier in the book. Yeah, uh, it just she's just Joni the whole time. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Beth, the new friend. Beth the is the trainer. Uh, tennis trainer. Yeah, I like her. She's cool. I like uh, her, her and, group of boyfriends. Her and Johnny get uh, get get going at it. Yeah, they get together. I'd rather read that book. Oh, right, I think. I think but uh, uh, this author, who knows. Uh, well, Joni's not fat, so we wouldn't have to deal with that portion oh. of it. And I knew, I knew too, a little bit. Like, I, 
I knew because I knew I was like reading about the author, like the little blurb or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's committed to championing plus size black love stories. I'm like, that's great. But then like, I was like, oh, she co-hosts the Fat Like Me podcast. And I was like, you know what? I remember that I listened to that at one point because I try out all the fat positive podcasts at one point or another. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember specifically why I'd stopped listening to it. But I remember that it was tinged with like, eh, like some grossness, some like level of like, this isn't what I would want it to be. Right. But I still went in so happy, so carefree, so assuming that this was going to be the palate cleanser of a book that I needed after the last two books I read that sucked. It was not. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But, um, what else you got? Let's see, what else I got? You got a, a list. I, I made a list. Let's see, we talked about the cookbook, healthier options, the wellness workshops, Mag says no long weekends. Apparently you're just supposed to pass out in hot yoga, and that's considered okay? Okay. And then so, you stay oh, in the here's overheated one, here's room? One, here's one. Now- Like, at least they gave her some water, but you like- you have a beginner- I've never seen a beginner's yoga, co- yoga course, like an actual one that's like designed that like for beginners- where someone's having difficulty doing a move and they would encourage her to continue trying to do that move until the point of passing out. Yeah. Like, they always tell you, always tell you. They say take a the breath. Skin, they say the do modification. Shit, they even s- like the skinniest, most possible people always look What at feels good knee. to your body. Like they, If you are struggling to get your head to touch your knee, they're like, breathe. Breathe. You've gone as far as you can. Yeah. If you keep this up, there's a good chance that in a month, three months, a year... You'll be able to do this, right. but you can't do it today, and there's no shame in this. Yeah. Don't pass out. Yeah. It was absurd that she did, everybody was just like, dang, look at her go. So it's just more like unhealthy exercise practices being like normalized. Um, just the fact that there were so many scenes of them playing tennis. I like tennis. <laughs> I don't need to read about someone playing it so much. Just like really detailed scenes of them playing tennis for ages. It was... It dragged. I started, like, my eyes were skittering over some of those pages. I'm well, not gonna lie. you didn't want to hear about the way that she was attacking vigorously the ball machine uh, with her returns. I just... I don't care. Or the, multi- the multiple games against either the trainer or the trainer's crew. Did we need to describe every single one of them in detail? Apparently. And then the tag team game with her friends, who apparently are all good at tennis. And, uh... The tennis trainer's friends who are apparently all good at tennis. Like, I just... Yeah. Um, Maggie, who doesn't want to sweat her hair out, but apparently is a killer at tennis. Yeah, it's, um... She does nothing ever and is good at everything. I don't know. Look. Neither of us are black women, so I don't think we can talk too much on that, like, front, but... Uh... It does seem a little weird. There's, there's a lot of contradictions in this book. Let's put it that way. Like the, the weirdness is... So, like, okay, this is something... And I, I don't live in California, but I gotta tell you, the idea that she only runs at night because she doesn't want to sweat her hair out, like, how are you run? How are you running where you run at any point in time and then you don't sweat? Like, yes, you will sweat more at 11 o'clock in the morning than you will at 9 p.m. It is a lot less humid in California, generally speaking, than it is right. here. But, like, if she's running for exercise to the point, like, do people run yeah. and not sweat? Yeah, no, that's weird. That's the part that I was confused by. There's a lot of things like that in the book where she's like, I, I guess it's like she's sweating, but she's not sweating enough to, like, damage her hair. Right, I guess. And I, so you don't want to do hot yoga because that whole room is gross, which, amen. Yeah. I, you Oof. couldn't pay me to get in there. It's like it smells like sweat and lavender spray. 
guess I'm coming back. Why though? I mean, we actually do have a friend that likes hot yoga, but like, it feels uh, different. It's just, I, I think she's weird too. Well, I think I mean, anyone who likes hot yoga like, is weird. Me, I only do yoga with goats. But like, remember that trend? I would like a time. fan blowing on me. Actually, I found this lady who does yoga where she's like, I'm fat and menopausal and I want some fans on me while I'm doing yoga. So I decided when I started doing yoga and then I trained up and I became a yoga teacher and now I teach yoga classes that are like adaptive and good for people that are fat and I always bring fans with me. And sometimes do it outside, and it's great. And she used to practice in Charlotte, but now she just moved to uh, like Greensboro or something. Oh. And I was really sad. Oh. <sighs> anyway, it's not like I have time to actually go to yoga class right now, but that's true. That's true. Um. So we talked a bit about how the mom sucks. Um. I wanted to expand on that just like a little bit. Go for it. Because her mom is like, uh, pushing her to like work harder and work harder and work harder. And get a promotion and always work and never worry about anything else. And then they have the whole, like, coming to Jesus moment or whatever, where she's like, Mom, you need to let me enjoy life and do things my own way. And her mom's like, all I ever wanted was for you to be happy and safe or whatever. But it's like we all knew it was coming the whole time. But it's just frustrating because, like... I feel like someone who communicates the way that her mom communicates throughout the entire book doesn't then have that conversation. Correct. And then there's also the thing where, like, her mom gets super mad at her when she gives her uncle some money to, like, help repair his roof. And, like, I don't know. The, the vibes are bad. The vibes are bad. The vibes are bad. The vibes are bad. And then this is my last, like, nitpicky thing on my list, which is the, uh, and this is also the first time that we're actually going to talk about the love interest, uh, because when she first meets him, she thinks he's homeless. Woo! Because, yeah. I Oh, I didn't forget about it. But. How did you forget about it? Because they bring, bring it, up it up every time he constantly. Bring... Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's basically my point. It's like okay, so first of all, like, why do you immediately assume this dude is homeless when he's like walking a dog in your neighborhood? He's walking a dog in a fancy neighborhood. And no, nothing about him in the text reads as anything other than it's a resident a, of this neighborhood. It's not a fancy neighborhood. Or not a fancy neighborhood. Not a fancy neighborhood, but it's not like a. I think it is like a mildly gentrifying neighborhood or whatever, maybe. Yeah, but like, she, she like, the, like, like, I thought she said that they bought a house in like the. Oh no, that was her grandparents' house. Her grandparents' house. Okay, Where you're her right. Her uncle lives. Her uncle lives. You're yeah. right. Um. Well, whatever neighborhood she lives in, but like, he's wearing like, I don't know, like ripped jean, like a ripped shirt and paint stained jeans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like people would wear all sorts of shit. She's in L.A. You mean to tell me that's not the fashion right now? Right. Um. So she immediately assumes he's homeless. Mm-hmm. Um. Screams at him, I don't have any money. Yeah, screams at him, I don't have any money. And then when she meets him in a coffee shop, like, apologizes to him, assumes he's hanging out in the coffee shop because he's homeless, um, and then tells him that the bathrooms are clean if he wants to, like, wash up in there. Which, like, the idea of not only assuming that he's homeless, but also, like, just, like, being so sure about it that you start, like, and, like, also just why would, even if you were 100% sure, why would you, like... Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why would you assume that the homeless person doesn't know where all the clean bathrooms are for washing up? They absolutely know. He, if he were homeless, lives on the streets and has to navigate this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You have never considered homelessness a day in your life. Yeah. It's like, you know what you do when someone's homeless and is using the bathroom to wash up? Nothing. Mind your own fucking business. Just mind your own business. That's all you got to do. You don't got to talk to them about it. You just mm-hmm. got to mind your own business. Yeah. Um, 
but the yeah but then the really annoying thing like that was kind of like eye rolly right but then it's like it kept keeps getting brought up as like a joke and i'm like what is so funny about this uh-huh. oh oh you thought he was homeless how could you possibly thought this upstanding man is homeless man, he's ripped look at him oh, he's beautiful yeah he's ripped in his abs yeah and, and then later he's that polo. he's wearing yeah he's wearing some like nice clothes later like some nice loafers or whatever and she's like mm-hmm. how could i've ever thought he was homeless to he and it's just kind of gross and it's like people go homeless with nice things on a regular basis because our society is horrific yeah uh and losing your house is not an uncommon thing to have happen to people. People who have, people who are not mismanaging their money the mm-hmm. way people, whatever, like love to like be like, whoa, they mismanage their money. People are not mismanaging their money. They are, um, like, people who have decent jobs. Like, remember, I mean, remember they stick the string of like homeless, like, uh, rocket scientists or whatever because yeah. like, they have a very, like, there's a high paying job, but it's a very specific job. Yeah. And whenever, a lot of them got laid off. There was quite literally nowhere for them to go to ply their trade. Yeah. One of my uh, accounting professors was talking about a thing where, like, wherever, for every, like, I don't remember exactly what it is. I think it's, like, for every $10,000 that you make per year, that's, like, a month that it'll take you to find a new job. So, like, the more more money you make, the more longer amount of time it's generally going to take you to find another job if you lose your current one or whatever. Right. Right. So you, that's why you need to like make sure your emergency fund has enough to cover that. Exactly. Exactly. Those are one of those things where it's like because you know you totally have control over that at mm-hmm. all times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's how this, especially when eggs cost two sixty uh, three dollars. Three dollars. Three dollars a dozen eggs, right? So like I did this, manage to buy some for two dollars and thirty three cents the other day, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> but um, but this is like this is the thing, right? Anyway, so like yeah, that is and it does come up the entire book. Yeah. This is like a cute thing that they talk about how. You thought I was homeless. LOL. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. She it's, brings it up. Her friends bring it up. He brings it up. Everybody brings it up. Not Teddy. Teddy. Is that the name of the dog? Oh. You know what? I forgot the dog's name. Maybe? I'm, that sounds about right. We're going to go with it. Let's go with Teddy. Teddy doesn't bring it up. That's true. Real G. Best character in the book. Honestly. <sighs> Never says anything offensive. Yeah. I mean, Paul... Paul, the chef's husband. Yeah, yeah. Also, he seems he seems uh, to like never say anything offensive. Trying to think of anybody else that doesn't say something that I'm a little annoyed at. Oh, another thing I didn't write down on my list, but there was like another. Oh, Mabel, the uncle's girlfriend. Who's she never, literally who's not... never appears. She's only referenced. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Mabel. Um, I was like, I kept going through the characters. Like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um. And I was like, Uncle, well, no, he's a retired cop. Fuck that. Right. And like, why do we have two characters that are um, retired cops? That just seems a, a little bit like a, she's trying I to make think. some sort of point. And um, I know I'm reading, may probably reading a little bit too much of this, but I'm just like, Miss Mabel likes having me stay in her guest house because she thinks she, she feels safe having a retired cop in. The... Not me. Wouldn't be me. Same. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so it's just like a. I don't want to like fully condemn this book just because it doesn't have like the exact same politics as me, but it was like really, 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 really hard to read as a fat person. Um, there are parts of it that are fun, um, except for when they're telling her that she's not allowed to take a three day weekend. Her friends are cool. Some fun dynamics there. There's a lot of tennis was cool. The tennis was the cool until time. it kept going. Uh, <laughs> I like the descriptions of yoga. If you take out the hot part, 
Um, the cooking classes seemed like a good time. The, the that was my next thing. It was going to be the cooking. It always seems pretty cool. Yeah. Into the cooking, the descriptions of food are good. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If you just kind of like ignore the clean eating aspect that comes up sometimes, you just like enjoy the, is, the the food that she's making for everybody all the time is always luxe as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always super luxe. Yeah. So there are definitely some good points. It's it's well written. It's like a snappy. Mm-hmm. It's a read. fast read. But like unlike. The book that I read two books before this, which was one of the ones that I was like, oh, this is so bad, uh, which is, uh, I'm so not over you. Correct. Uh, it was very, very poorly written. Awful. But I'd be willing to give that author another shot in the hopes that he would have grown some and maybe gotten a better editor. Yeah, really, that book, while the writing wasn't good, was a failure, to me, a failure of editing yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually really mad at the publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, this book, despite the fact that it's really well written, I'm not reading another book by this author. Mm-mm. Because I, I just, no. Don't want to go through that again. Don't want to go through that again. Yeah. Just absolutely not. So, I don't know. If you like a snappy, well-written, fluffy, like, fluffy, fluffy-ish, like, woman's fic, romance light, and you hate fat people, maybe just read this. Anyway, okay, so I don't want to end like that, though, because theoretically we started this podcast on kind of like a we want to do positive things note, and I don't want to be those people who always find it easier to talk about shit they don't like. Mm-hmm. And I know why it is easier to talk about shit you don't like, but real quick, we're just going to talk about something good. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the book that I just read after that. Okay. I'm not going to talk a lot about it because you haven't read it and I don't want to spoil it. I don't even know what book you're talking about. Oh, but, the uh, Jasmine Guillory book. Yes. Okay. Um, so. Wait, hold on. Quick question. You haven't even told the title of the book yet. Yeah. Do I have to read the, like, how far behind? This is the new series? Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is standalone. Standalone. Okay, good. Because I am, like. Well, first of like, all, you never. series behind. Yeah, you don't, you never have to read. And all you know. They're I, all standalone. It's fun this, to this read. Is a, this is a joke because I don't give a shit because I read books out of order yeah. all the goddamn time. It bothers me so much. I always <laughs> so like to read much, things in order. And he so just. Much. He's just like, oh yeah, I started with book number three. What? Mm-hmm. But in romance series, you know, it usually doesn't, it, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Like, it can be kind of nice, whatever. The, it's fun to get the to follow the whatever. But like, but sometimes, also sometimes it can be fun to read them out of order and then be like, oh, this is what they were referring oh, to. This is who that with, person is. Ooh. ooh. Or you kind of have one like that one series where like you could probably just not read the first one because it's just not as good. Oh, the Alicia Rye books. Where yeah. I wish I hadn't read the first one. Yeah. I, if I had read the first one first, I probably would never have read the second one. Yeah. Um. I actually read these ones in orders and was upset. Yeah, yeah. And I think you only read the second one because I encouraged you. I was like, the Correct. second one's so much better. And I you promise. were right. Uh, Girl Gone Viral is significantly better than The Right Swipe. Yep, absolutely. So, everybody, take note. Take note. But the book that I just read and I finished very quickly because I was so excited um, to read something good was uh, By the Book by Jasmine Guillory. And she is one of my, my favorite authors at the moment. Um Especially, like, particularly in the romance genre, which I've been reading a lot of, like, fluffy romances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While my brain has not had space for anything else, I just need me some happy ever afters. Yeah. Um, this is not this is not a knock on romances, calling them fluffy. That's a that's a positive. No, yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a, a compliment. Um, so it's, it's very, very, very good. And doesn't make me want to cry in a bad way. So I recommend it highly. That's good. It's very sweet. And there's a couple of things that I'm like, wow, if this was a worse author, 
She totally would have had them do this thing, but instead she didn't have them do this thing, and it is much better for that. I'm glad to hear it. Yes. Uh, so my good thing I'm talking about is not a book. I was gonna say, it doesn't have to be a book. No, I'm gonna talk about. I'm playing. I'm playing a lot of games. I'm playing honestly too many games. <laughs> it takes me a long time to get through any of them because I'm like, oh, I should start this other thing, and then I'll play. The other, I'm like nine games at once. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about actually two of them real quick. But real quick, the first one you see me play a little bit. It's called Unsighted. It's on a lot of platforms. It is a sort of like overhead two-dimensional action game mm-hmm. uh but this is a game about uh lesbian androids in the apocalypse um it is a good apocalypse uh not a good apocalypse um so so many apocalypse stories you know i wholesale disagree with the post-apocalypse stories apocalypse during whatever i wholesale disagree with how they're written because they're written from this extraordinarily colonialist imperialist sort of like I sound like a cartoon character. Um, <laughs> sort of like white supremacist style of like every man for himself. Only the strong will survive. Community is only what I make of it. And when I make the community, I build it around me and my strong and my strength in itself. Strength of arms. Uh, strong man bullshit. Right. And mm-hmm. um, Unsighted is like explicitly not like that. Uh, it is uh, about helping other people. And it sometimes forces you into like difficult choices because like... Um, you can turn this aspect of the game off if you want to, so don't worry about that part. But, like, uh, uh, the androids are sort of running out of time because um, uh, a big thing happened. And so uh, the fear is that you run out of, like, your magic juice. Is that a solar flare? It's not a solar flare. Okay, good, because I cannot take any more apocalypse solar flares. No more solar flare apocalypse. No, this is, like, Terrified. a Terrified. This is my new, like, uh, just, like, middle-of-the-night desperate fear like like when i was a kid it was uh spontaneous combustion and now it's solar flares mm. no 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 solar flares just like electronics for a minute um i guess that's the fear anyway um <laughs> no but like and so the fear is that they lose their sentience or whatever uh if they run out of magic juice essentially mm-hmm. um and so you can keep finding some and give them the various people to extend their time periods out or whatever it's like flowers for algernon shit it's not it's not that bad um Oof. you can turn that part out but like it's actually it's actually uh, the way the story is being told is that you wake up the, your player character wakes up and you don't remember a lot of stuff and so you're going through the world uh going through different levels picking up stuff and uh you get back your memories as time goes on and it basically just replays this uh the story of you being created and then uh, meeting all the other robots in town that you're meeting in the real time as you go around the world and then kind of seeing their stories and uh, their heartbreaks and whenever whenever their friends ran out of magic juice or whatever. Uh, and then uh, helping them out along the ways and building things up or whatever. And there's really cool ones. There's lots of cool robots. There's Listen, they're robots. And so what I'm about to say is silly or whatever not silly but like it's a thing whatever that's like trans robots uh, <laughs> like cl- clearly like clearly yes. uh, took off the boot plates and replaced them with like oh. uh, flat plates question mark, only whatever. were that easy <laughs> right, right. God. It's, like, it's like that kind of stuff whatever maybe no but it's like no yeah yeah, um, yeah. all sorts of stuff like whatever uh um everyone's very gay it's an extremely like whatever world i'm pretty sure Hello. the developers are brazilian or whatever but like it's a really nice um uh game in that way it's like it's just despite the it's the thing that always fucks me up about the way so many people choose to like in, in engage with apocalypses whatever it was just that like 
the thing is apocalypses are real and they're happening all the time it's just depends right on how now. you whatever um and it's like we see all the time that in typically poor brown countries when like bad things happen people pull together and communities help each other out and all that kind of stuff whatever right like it's just like a thing uh that happens more more so than like stabbing your neighbor because uh they had a piece of bread or whatever they just like some like wild cartoon shit that's just not how whatever works. and it's nice to have a game that plays in that world where like there are scarce re- like uh, there are finite resources mm-hmm. and even still in these moments people are choosing to share them with each other and protect each other as opposed to like uh hoarding them for themselves or whatever right so like that's a cool thing and then you save the day anyway um that's nice the other one is called chinatown detective agency and it's like this adventure game it's like a, it's not a point and click thank god because i hate point and cl- as i said age of my life <laughs> i hate point and clicks it, they're too finicky but it's a game where um it's a googling game so it's like an actual video game where you like you control the character left and right of right but like it's a game about like uh solving clues and puzzles via either knowing shit or looking it up like straight up the game doesn't have like the game doesn't the have an expectation is that yeah. like you can look yeah. shit up yeah there's no index okay. in the game to like let you know some of this stuff it's basically like uh, do you know how this puzzle works? Do you know this philosopher? Do you know this whatever thing? And it's like, well, no, just Google it. And then you Google it, and there's the answer. It's like nice. it's part of the thing. And then you make you make choices in the game based on the information that you've gathered yourself. Like not, I mean, like obviously the lots of stuff is in game, whatever. But like the knowledge you're gathering is stored in your noggin. Or if you're cool like me, you can write some of it down. But like, nah. um, and it's fun. It's fun to play a game in that regard. In regard, it's very much like it's it's. It's a, a lot of games are doing this these days, like a cross between like a visual novel mm-hmm. and then like, because like the gaming aspects of it are legitimately moving left and right on the screen and then deciding which part of the map to go to and then typing in the like answers you find uh, in the real world. It's like it takes place in futuristic Singapore, but like not like sci-fi future, like 20 years in the future of Singapore. Mm. So they call that near future science fiction. Yeah. 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 But it's cool. Um, it's a good time. And it plays in all the hard-boiled detective traps. Yes, good shit. Except for she doesn't drink, but, you know, she doesn't have a car. She's in Singapore, so she does the public public transportation. But yes, that same that same deal. What was the name of that um that mini mini game that you had me play the other day? The little text um one. Oh, queer trans mentally ill power fantasy. Yeah, that was fun. It made me cry. Yeah, it's, weird. <laughs> it's extremely. Look it up. It's called Queer Trans Mentally Ill Power Fantasy. It'll take you five minutes. It'll make you cry. It's very good. Yeah. Solid, it's really good. Solid it's a text adventure. It's my jam. Yeah. So um, so you you did two games, um, two two fun things. So I'm going to bring mm-hmm. up one more fun thing, mm-hmm. which is that's making me happy right now, which mm-hmm. is sumo, because right now it's the Natsubasho. We're in the middle of it, or like in the second half of it, and some fun different things are happening. Different people are winning and losing and some unexpected people are having very good tournaments and um it's fun it's a good time it makes me happy and like it's complicated or whatever if you really want to delve into it but like it's just nice to see people being very fat and very athletic that is true which is a nice like (laughs) seeing Uda do the thing after this uh novel you know where he gets pushed almost down and then like matrix spins himself around yeah i swear to god he spun one way and then changed directions in midair and spun the other way yeah i do not know how he did it no even dave liked it it was good (laughs) 
It was good. It was very good. It's extremely impressive. Extremely yeah. impressive. Yeah. Just people being very strong and very flexible and mm-hmm. very athletic mm-hmm. and also very fat. Extremely so. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good. Although, like, if you don't watch sumo, it's varying levels of fat. There's actually a lot more body diversity in sumo than it's you would expect. a lot more body diversity than you would imagine. If you're not familiar with the, yes. the sport. Yes. It is, it is a lot. There are no weight classes. There are no weight classes in sumo, which is one of the fun things. It's just sumo. So. You get somebody my size, mm-hmm. which while I am fat, I am not very large. Uh, and you get them up against somebody who's like 6'7". Right. There's like... there some very tall wrestlers. There are some not so tall wrestlers. There's like the fun ones are the ones who are like in the realm of like, like 200 kilograms or whatever. Like, people who are, like, who are, like, there are guys who are clearly over 300 pounds or whatever. And then seeing someone who weighs like... 190 215 mm-hmm. like somewhere in that in that category of range try to like figure out how do i move this man like yep. what, like, what is yep. what, is what leverage what do I, do I kick his knee out right. like what am i doing what, what am i, I doing, doing? And it's also fun because there are there's a foot's of fun so imagine imagine this imagine you're like 5 10 260 okay your whole life you're bigger than everybody around you right at 5 10 we're Japanese. Ah, go go continue. Okay, you're bigger than everybody. Like and like physically, physically yeah, larger yeah, than yeah. everybody around you, right? You eat your chonko daily. You live your life. You come to the ring, push them out, and then today you come to the ring, and you're ready. You're gonna push this man out of the ring, and he grabs you by your arms. And now your arms are locked in place, and you're like, "That's fine. I've been locked before. I can handle it." And then this large man. Be from Mongolia or Georgia, <laughs> cinches in the arm lock, and all of a sudden, all 260 of your pounds are off the ground. Your feet are kicking. They're just flailing in the air, <laughs> just wiggling little feet. And then this nice large man gently deposits you. Gently deposits you outside the <laughs> ring for a loss for you. And this has to be the wildest feeling because this doesn't happen to you. <laughs> You're the biggest guy you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, here you are, feet dangling in the air. Because there aren't that many people that, that much large that much larger than you. Absolutely. You know, like it's it's always the greatest thing to see whenever the feet get dangling. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, oh dear. You feel for them, but it's also right. good sumo. Right, you feel it's you great feel to for watch. them, but it's, it's hilarious. As a as a as a visual image to see someone like get dangling. Like, the dangly legs is always, like, uh, it, when it happens to, like, Inho or Tetsuyoshi, it's one thing. Cause they're yeah, because like, they're tiny. Like they're it's, tiny. Yeah. They're, they're, they are legitimately your size. They're, yeah. like, what, 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, yeah, literally. Like they're, not, yeah, they're not tall. They're not that tall. And they're also, so like, like, about my weight. They have more right. muscle, but they're about my weight. Right, exactly. And so it's, like, someone picking them up. I can pick you up. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like it's whatever, right? So, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, of course, uh, a professional athlete can also pick them up. That's not right. like whatever. It's still, it's still, it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, it's the same vibe. But when you have someone who's like in the bigger classes also get yeeted out, it's like, oh. Well, oh, damn. Oh, damn. All right, then. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. It's also fun when they do the thing where they get pushed to the end of the, end of the dojo and then they get spun around. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun to watch them do athletic feats. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, we recommend Sumo NHK. Their website yep. has daily uh, highlights of yep. the sumo. It's and a 15-day tournament. You can watch yep. the 25-minute highlights each day. I was going to say, it's like 20, 25 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's only at the top division, but that's, you know. It's more than enough. It's plenty. It's 40 dudes. It's and a it's lot the of highlights, matches. but like. But that they show the whole like, match. They show the, the whole matches. Match. They just don't show the in-between parts, which, granted, listen, 
taking a whole day and just watching sumo it's it's a good time because there's enough down periods that you can like grab snacks and down, go to the bathroom and in chat the and matches you can chat and then they give you little anecdotes and then it's fun to see them do the stomps mm-hmm. and they get into the ring something uh, i really look forward to when um when i graduate school and have a little more free time is is going back to occasionally just like just fully the watching the sumo just, like, just yeah like, uh, vegging out to to some to Absolutely. all day sumo, watching the little kids get up there and do their sumo. Yeah. Watch everybody. Not not. We occasionally not watch some Jerio, but like I want to watch all the divisions. You want to get you want to get down to the car park car park sumo. We'll work our way to the car park sumo. Okay. <laughs> Every now and then I'll turn on the stream, like the live stream, mm-hmm. uh, at the right time because Japan's a thirteen hour difference from us or whatever. So you turn on the live stream at a certain time. And you're like, who's doing sumo right now? And you look up, and it's literally like a couple sixteen year olds out there in the <laughs> ring, and they're like, they're like skinny and they're yeah, yeah, tiny, yeah. and they're wearing the little, their little mawashi on, yeah. and they just, and they just go and they do the whole, they do the stomps, and it's very cute. And then they push each other, and then you see, oh, there is no skill here. Yeah, <laughs> this is a, this is a definitely practiced and learned technique happening here because these boys yeah. don't got it. Yeah, they don't then got you it realize what you're really seeing when you're seeing right. the high division. Yeah, you watch the top division, you go. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's so, not just two dudes pushing each other. Though, sometimes it is. Two dudes just, pushing each other. And honestly, I'm here for it. But in very skillful ways. In very when, when deliberate. Like Taka, when it's like a K-show, just going up there and just pushing dudes. I mean, you've never seen someone push push people quite like Takakesho pushes people. No one. And he has tiny arms. He has tiny little arms. He has tiny arms. You got Abby with the big arms mm-hmm. who pushes people, and you got Keisha with the tiny arms who pushes people, and they both push people very well. Yeah, very good at pushing people. Yeah. A strong pusher. Thruster. All right, we gotta stop. <laughs> All right, we gotta go. Um, so, in conclusion, probably don't read Savvy Sheldon Feels Good as Hell, even though the title and book cover will make you think that you should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but do watch Sumo. 